All right, Mark, are you ready for this one? Not entirely, but... Uh, yeah, are we ever? Are we ever really ready for this I one? I think every I, parent is going to ask themselves exactly that question by the time we're done today. <laughs> <laughs> are we ready? Whatever this topic is, um, our goal is to be supportive and helpful. Supportive of parents? Sure, and our kids. We want to be supportive and helpful. That sounds like a, a very noble purpose. Yeah, yeah, it's very specific, and, and we definitely want to steer them right. You, you're, being quite, you're being a little vague. Why don't you just come right out and say? Oh, it? Why don't you, why don't you just tell people the, the podcast off. today, no. the Interman Radio? We're gonna address what? Go ahead, tell them. Tell them. Just oh. lay it out there. Okay. We'll see you next time on. Courting. We'll get back to that. We're gonna talk about courting. We're gonna courting. No, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about dating. Wait a minute. Dating? Which one is it? Kate, is it da- dating oh or courting? We're gonna talk about relationships. Ooh, yeah. oh, like our relationship. No, no. <laughs> what kind of relationship? <laughs> Today's Interman Radio episode, we're going to tackle the issue of what do you do when your son or daughter starts looking at other people's daughters and sons with that special twinkle in their eye that means you've got parenting to do. That is a great synopsis of it. <laughs> Actually, that's a really great way to set that up. We didn't even script that. No. Yeah, that's, pre- that's pretty that's good. all natural. Okay, to many parents and dads in particular— uh, we don't want to think about that. I mean, this is a topic that maybe if Who you're does? that is so far down the road, we want to think it's always some sometime in the future. Let's let's just focus on baseball. Let's talk about anything, anything in this world. Well, it's tough sometimes. You know, as parents, we you know we we, we bring home that precious angel in our arms for the first time, yeah. and oh, you don't want to you don't want to let anything hurt her. Nope, gonna protect uh, her. And that same you know that that same idea you know. It's, Mommy's little boy falls down, and you know, we want to protect the kids, and that's yeah. important. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But protecting them is not the same as preparing them. And we really want to prepare our kids because we won't always be able to protect them. And, boy, that is really true when it comes to relationships and trying to prepare our kids to navigate that space successfully and that's getting harder all the time there's some pitfalls that parents can uh, fall into here so we'll chat about those because they're kind of funny to make fun of if they weren't so real right? yeah i think that's yeah. maybe why we laugh is because uh because there's some relevance yeah but uh, we've, we haven't seen any of these we just kind of heard about them I, I you know there i read a couple articles mm-hmm. about uh, mistakes that parents make um otherwise uh, everything we've probably tried and done there are two sides on which parents generally fall as is often the case we have to thread the needle here, and when it comes to relationships, having our kids really manage those things, it's easy to it's easy to err on either side. We can either try to rip them from the from the jaws of, of pain and save them heartbreak and all those things by talking about lip fungus. Oh yeah, and have you mono, seen? Yes, right. And right. Uh, if your kids are still young enough, I would absolutely use cooties. Cooties are still out there. That's still a thing. You know, and if your kid is less than about 10, I would say start with that. You might have to yeah. up your game more scientifically, you know, as they get as they get old. Then you bring in the mono, things right. like that. Right. If they get a little bit older than that, even you might have to go with, um, uh, you know, take a good look at their mom. Her mom. Her. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, check out his dad when you're right. uh, when you're over for dinner. Yeah. Um, just picture yourself with them in 40 years and tell me what you see. That's a great that's strategy. A, <laughs> and that can also backfire, too. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. so on the one hand, you know, I think sometimes it's our natural tendency to try and restrain. Yeah. 
to try and hold the kids back from pursuing anything. Those. Yeah, anything that even looks like the uh, pursuing a, of a relationship. But you can err on the other side too. That's true. On the opposite side of that, you know, there's there's parents pushing their kids into relationships for the wrong reasons. It's a social, it's a status thing for the parents. It can did be. you see who my daughter's dating? You know, she. Did you I see did who? Not. Yeah, you know, but that's that's. Parents like to drop that kind. It's like yep. it's kind of like you know you visit somebody and they want to drop where their kids are go- have gone to college, you know, or something like. Well, oh, yeah. you know, when they graduated from MIT, you know, uh, well, parents do the same thing with regards to relationships at times. Yeah, you have to be really careful. Just like in all the things we've talked about concerning parenting, it ain't about you, parents. Yeah. It's about trying to you know do what's right for the kids, prepare them ultimately for the right relationships with the Lord and trying to steer them in that direction. Sometimes I think we even get a little bit maybe overzealous in trying to read the scriptures a particular oh. way. Well, yeah, but you know, it's, here's the thing. We we dove in and uh, we were looking for scriptures that had to do with this and really looking for that but, specific guidance. Well, that kind we of found some good ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, um, Moses. There's, yes. There's Moses. Like when he gallantly saved those seven helpless pure sisters from evil, <laughs> pure sisters <laughs> from the from the ill-witted ne'er do wells at the well by scaring off those punks. Yeah, and then after being invited to their home for dinner to oh. meet their dad, well, that's, a pro- and that's mom, important, right? Maybe then Moses got permission from dad to court Excellent. one of his daughters mm. after he asked humbly yeah, of right? the father's choosing, and no, then they lived good. happily ever, ever after. after. Oh. Oh, that's yeah, hey, you that's know, straight from the scriptures, by the way. It is indeed. But, you know, we could also read Moses' story like, uh, you know, Moses, vagrant wanderer, you know, out to find himself, quote unquote, <laughs> in the hole, runs off the competition, ends up at mom and dad's place, and, uh, you know, grabbed himself a woman. <laughs> he snagged himself a woman. Huh? Yeah. Right. Woo! Yeah. Same story, right? <laughs> but we, we tend to read it through those Puritan lenses, though. I mean, we you do. Know, yeah. Well, you know, life. when Moses was sitting at the table with uh, <laughs> Jethro, yeah. you know. Uh, so glad my father-in-law's name is not Jethro. <laughs> what a great name, yeah. Jethro. So th- there's Isaac living at home till his father handpicked a bride. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Which he That's respectfully excellent. accepted, sight okay. unseen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or um, maybe. That's a cultural thing. See, now that's what's scary. Yes, Be- it is. Because because the scriptures are conspicuously silent. Isn't the word, but there's very few details it's when very it soft. comes to yeah, this process. How it should roll out, and um, you know, the Bible is flexible with regards to culture. This um, is a very hard thing because. Boy, it would be nice to have a four-step program like repent, confess, be immersed, be faithful. Uh, that that would be that would be. Aren't there five steps to salvation, Mark? Well, it depends. Uh, are you, you from the restoration the movement? Cure, or not? believe, repent, yes, confess, be immersed. That those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. It'd be nice if we had something similar in regards to relationships, but the Bible does not provide that. We get. A couple glimpses, like we talked about in Moses or Isaac or you know a few others. There's Boaz and Ruth, but I'm not really sure we <laughs> want to talk about that today. But, but th- those are cultural actually, instances. Actually, moving right along, there are so cultural instances. But but the Bible, and particularly the New Testament, is almost totally silent on the issue of the 
How? That freaks us out. I mean, as a dad, sure. first of all, to say anything is relegated to culture, and I know that's not what we're saying necessarily, but to say that culture sh- should have an influence, especially in our gut rot culture today. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I- I'm going to go full blown old man here. You know, you've got your, <clears throat> go, your swipe right, TikTok Send challenge, go, narcissistic sycophants. You're, you're doing fine. Yeah, I mean, really? We're going to really defer to the culture here? Is that, as a dad, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, Okay, thanks, Interman Radio, for helping me out. Thanks for nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Right, right. But while the scripture doesn't give specifics, it does give some principles. And so the you know our job, as is often the case, is trying to take the scriptural principles and convert it into something that's applicable in modern day. So typically, or famously rather, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, um, speaks of how people can be married, but they should be married, uh, to, to quote the agrarian King James, they shouldn't be unequally yoked, right? Um, the way the NASB puts it is, you know, don't be bound together with unbelievers. Well, that's a principle, okay? So, um, but it has to be applied in a modern setting. Yeah. Another one would be uh, if you're unmarried, Paul stresses to stay that way because of what he called the current distress back in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8. Right. But he's also quick to point out that that's his opinion and that he's not binding that on them as, as a law. He says, you know, this is, this is how I see it. In light of the current distress, I think we might be better off. You might be happier if you don't get married. But 1 Corinthians 7, verse 35 talks about the purpose for that marriage really should be for those who are in Christ. It should be to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord, which sounds like a big, yeah. you know. And that's exactly why I got married. You too? Yeah, that's, I know. That, that, I knew that we is, had something that is, in common. That is fa- well, yeah. I, I think most. I think uh, most people from our generation were still. That was our number one priority. It was. It was, and that's the main difference between our generation and the generation and today. These young, these, these young people yeah. who are. Yeah, I totally. We married <laughs> for undistracted devotion to the Lord. That's, that's why we married. Absolutely right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's funny how uh, we can read the Old Testament through a lens of our own choosing, isn't it? <laughs> right. So one of the questions we have to answer is, well, how old then? Because Wait, how old what? How old should we allow our children to start thinking about other boys and girls? I thought you were just going to start with allow our children to start thinking. Um, <laughs> so that is taking a different view of the Scripture there, it Mark. Is indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, when, when should we allow them to consider that there are other people out there? Well, yeah. I mean, at 12 years old, she's, she's cute. He's dreamy. You know, do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? Check yes or no. That's probably way before 12 years old nowadays. But Oh, no, no. I, I, I was mean, thinking uh, we can't start writing notes like that until 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somewhere in that yeah. area. That's, that's when we started. <laughs> uh, yeah. So undistracted right. devotion <laughs> to the Lord. That's right. But by the time that kids are, well, girls generally start first, um, mm-hmm. you know, at about four. Yeah. They're just wired that way, man. They're thinking about, they're thinking about getting married, and yeah. they're thinking about, that's just how they're girls are. They're dressing up in the wedding dresses when they play. Yep. You know, they're, they're, yeah, they're yep. wanting to see mom's wedding pictures, all that. So, all that. Yeah. Boys, it takes them Clueless. a whole lot longer. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, it's, yeah, not generally until boys are, oh, it depends a lot on their influences, but boy, boys, by the time they're about 13, 14, all of a sudden their eyes start to come open, and um, 
Yes. Huh? Exactly. All right. That, I just saw something. <laughs> what, was, what was that? What was that? I'm not sure. I've never seen that before. <laughs> it was right between the pizza and the, yeah. But they start to notice, and you can't stop that. Neither do you want to. No. No, you, no, <laughs> I mean, you, well, no, you, know, you, you don't. might no, want to, but, no. <clears throat> but but really, it depends on the level of commitment. So you you asked a what a depends question. on the level of commitment. What's the appropriate age? Oh, what's the appropriate age where we? First of all, you said where we allow our kids, but first of all, right. we're not allowing them. They're they're going to be thinking about these things anyway. Uh, I think that at what age is appropriate for them to be thinking about these things? I guess that's the question. Well, the thinking about to think about they're going to relationships gonna, with the opposite. Right, like I said, you know, somewhere in that 10, 12, 14, It depends. You know, and kids don't all develop at the same rate. One of my daughters in particular is just super in tune with relationships from, I, I don't know, I think she was born that way. But she's always is, no, oh, that, that's so-and-so, and that's this and this, and just very in tune, very uh, observant of those things. Another daughter of mine, clueless, just not, I hope she, I mean, okay. well, not she one of my daughters. But, she won't um, know who, which one you're she, talking that's about. That's what she'll think it's somebody else. Think that this, that, yeah. <clears throat> just not, not in that space at all. Sometimes, Gender has a um, has an effect, but kids are gonna they're different. They're gonna come to that at different points. You're gonna know what point they're at if you're having conversations with them. And so, in our previous episode, we talked about spending time with the kids, talking about the things that are on their mind. That's gonna be super super important on this topic when you have to have those conversations, so you know what's going on in their head and that they are starting to think. Oh, you know what? So-and-so is kind of cute. Let's talk about that for just a second. So, so so-and-so is kind of cute. So, oftentimes as parents, we want to shy away from that conversation because that's just shallow, Mark. I mean, so-and-so is kind of cute. I mean, come on, let's grow up here. We shouldn't be focusing on the exterior because God looks at the heart of men. Right. So, but kids don't. <laughs> there are so many ways to respond to. Sorry, that's uh, that's real life. I mean, yeah, that, that's exactly. how God made kids. That's how God made us, and uh, and that's not a bad thing. No, our job's to steer them into thinking a bit in a higher way, and that is true. Yes, but you got to meet them where they're at. On we that. do, and right. I, you know, I can't help it, but it's so much. I I can't help but use. The illustration of buying cars. And so, kids, I apologize because, to my own children, I apologize because nothing does this job like going to the used car lot. That does bring up the fact, Mark, that we do have a new sponsor this week. Who is the new sponsor? Well, let's just go ahead and let it play. Are you looking for a looker on a tight budget but don't want to get stuck with a headache? You need to meander on over to Uncle Lou's Pre-Owned, your one-stop shop for new-to-you autos and singles. We match cars and people. Yeah, this one here's a 1972. She may not look like much, but this one will get the job done. Start right up. A few blemishes here and there, but uh, those are just domestic. I mean, uh, cosmetic. Oh, you know... I was looking maybe, I don't know, for something a little more exciting. Well, in that case, I've got this hot little number. It's a two-door convertible. It's exotic, a little high maintenance, but uh, if you want to turn heads, this is the one for you. Oh, dude, that is a good-looking one there. But will it, you know, like, will it last? Is it... Is it an intelligent purchase? I mean, I don't want to be stuck with a headache or anything. Listen, pal, she's a convertible. Who cares? 
So I think I'm looking for something to get me through the winter months. All we no, make that four-wheel drive would be good. And it it's probably gonna need a lift kit and some manly I mean muscular tires. Yeah, we just took this one in on trade. Here's a newly unattached pickup that's rugged, a lot of horsepower, and pretty low technology, so it's fairly easy to understand and navigate. It gets a little thirsty, but uh, you just need to feed the gas tank and you're good to go. But is it good for grocery shopping and picking up the kids? Well, Well, no, not so much. I mean, you could, but this beast is really more suited for hauling dirt bikes and jet skis. And Uncle Lou's pre-owned We Match Cars and People. Um, But when we're talking about when is the right time for kids to to start thinking about or being involved in relationships, and really that's going to not correspond exactly to a particular birthday so much as it is what level of commitment they're ready to accept. You know, what kind of a relationship can a 12-year-old have? So a 12-year-old, now this is where parents come in handy because a 12-year-old might think that they're ready for the kind of relationship that they're not ready for yet. So I this think is, that's likely. You yeah. know, it sounded brilliant until it came out of my mouth. And then it's like <laughs> the biggest duh, you know, the whole world. But really our job is to see, see around the corners for our kids and kind of help them know what's around that. Right now at 12 years old, really all they're able to do is to be a friend. That's, and they should be. Yeah. So, you know, we want to have those conversations w- with the kids and say, well, okay, well, what do you think about so-and-so? W- when they start thinking about those things is the time we need to be talking about those things. So when they notice, hey, you know, so-and-so, is getting divorced. Well, we should talk about that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they're getting divorced? Did you notice anything, you know, that might have that, that might have contributed to that? Did you see do you think so and so would be uh, a good husband? Do you think do you think somebody with these characteristics would be a good wife? Those are conversations that they need to be having sooner rather than later because they're always going to be attract, but the question is, you know, Can we, I don't want to say look past that, but can we see other things as well? But you just mentioned, Mark, about having conversations early on and seizing opportunity where those things come up. As a dad, I mean, oftentimes when our kids start hitting these ages, dads, we get it. You're just trying to stay somewhat relevant in your kid's life, <laughs> Hello? right? Hello. You know, so so you know, dads will do extraordinarily dumb things sometimes. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll we'll do things that we look back on, and, and it's kind of that palm in you know head in palms moments. Like I can't believe I did that. But what we were trying to do was to stay relevant in our kids' lives, so that they would look at us and say, "Hey, Dad, you're still you know you're still my friend, Dad. Let's go do something together." Yeah. You know? And because we want we want that for them, because we know that. It's good for them to have those relationships. But really, though, staying relevant isn't the key here. The key is adding value. If you have value, you'll be relevant. So we do really want to be a resource for the kids. And that's a that's a tough balance because, you know, we start out really being you can play in this space. You know, this is where you can in in this space and, and restricting that kind of access. You know, as the kids grow, and as they mature, we transition in that role from defining where they can be to really trying to coach them through where they need to go. And th- that's a hard transition for a lot of moms and dads to work through. That's a scary time when the kids start driving, not just cars and trucks, but when they start driving and making decisions in their own lives. That is frightening because we don't have the wheel. The words of... Uh of Micah, he would just jump in right here and start singing, Jesus, take the wheel. But he would <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Isn't that what yeah. we're really saying yeah, today? Right. I think, that I think that's exactly the bottom line. what we're saying. 
Jesus, take the wheel. But if we're adding value to the relationships, then the kids are looking for that. Okay, so Dad, what do you think about her? What do you think about him? What do you think about, boy, if they're able to have those conversations, that means you've done a good job up to this point in having conversations like that, in talking about, you know, what sort of person are you looking for? Well, like our, uh, like our sponsor, what are you looking for in a car? What qualities are, are you after? Would that be good? Is, are you looking for this? What sort of things are of importance to you? <laughs> Dad, mom, you've got something to offer and, and they recognize that. And sometimes mm, they might not just come out and ask, but, yeah. they, but there might be a conversation where that door opens up where you can offer it in a way without being lecturing or, or that kind of thing. You just ask them, well, what do you think about that? Yeah, go ahead and open that door. If you're not in the habit of talking about those things with your kids who are of an age where that's what they're thinking about anyway, you need to open that door. Now, it may be a little bit awkward at first. I think that's likely, but that's okay. We talk about awkward things, and that's fine. That's what we—I mean, dads are good at that. That's what we do. And even things that are easy, we make awkward. So, you know, it should come as second nature to us. Right? It's so true. It really it's is. so true. Yeah, exactly. Things that should be no-brainers. We, yeah. we, Could we, you maybe, like— um, Clean your room, would you? We need to have those conversations with the kids. So if you're not in the habit of doing that, you need to open that door. You need to begin. And it it shouldn't be like an inquisition. Let's just begin the conversation, but make it a habit so that we build some comfort through repetition. So the sooner we peel that Band-Aid off, the better it'll be down the road. How about this one? So a lot of times we want to delegate this kind of, this topic to a process. Like, well, tell you what, um, we want to build a system in that keeps our kids safe, like chaperones or or sending them out with friends. Like, well, tell you what, you can go out with so-and-so as long as you have four friends or if it's with the youth group. And if you leave room for Jesus. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Like in between you, like at the movie theater, Jesus is sitting in the... Yes. Oh, I see what you mean. Leave room for Jesus. You were saying a system? I'm sorry. I got (laughs) hung up on the leave room for Jesus thing. So when you're you're doing the old stretch yawn thing at the movie theater, is that you? (laughs) You're hugging Jesus Absolutely. Wrap that arm around Jesus. Not my girl. That's right. <laughs> no, it's not. A, it would be nice if, if we could do that. At least it's appealing to us. But the fact is there, there's not exactly a, a formula or a, or a system we can put in place to do that. So our kids will have a tendency to share our values in these things as well. And oftentimes um, we forget about this part, though. We'll show them what's important in a relationship by how they see that we've selected, treated, stayed with our spouses, right? Absolutely. You know, as so many of these things we've talked about with kids, man, oftentimes the best thing that you can do as a dad to prepare your sons and daughters for good relationships is to have a great marriage with your wife. Moms, boy, you can't give your kids a better gift for marriage than really making your marriage work with your husband. When they see what you've done, we do have a tendency to, to follow and imitate our parents. If you can model those things in a, in, in a way that communicates to them, this is what a good marriage should look like. This is what you're looking for, boys. This is what you're looking for, girls, is what you see in your mom and I or your dad and I. If, if you can model those things and be that example, that has a tremendous impact on them being able to being able to navigate this used car lot of a people that they're 
you know, trying to find somebody that, that fits them and somebody really that they can be together with and secure that undistracted devotion to the Lord. If they see that in you, that's the best thing you can do for them to help them find the right person. And, and we'll, we'll see you, you next time, time on Inner Man Radio. Yeah, thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, you can be sure to never miss an episode by visiting innermanradio.org or get automatic notifications on your phone with the Inner Man Radio app. It's available on Google Play or Apple Stores. 